Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dragged into Turbo Lasers, a miniature wargaming podcast from the people behind the blog Between the Bolter and Me. And today is a special episode where we cover the New England Mordheim Open event hosted by the Hive Scum podcast. And it's a little different because we have just different clips of interviewing and talking to people at the event and how it's going, as well as some of the uh, hosts of the event as well. So I hope you enjoy. Craig, we're on the eve of the New England Mordheim Open event, Nemo 2023. Excited to maybe play some Mordheim games, but more than anything, just to meet some cool people and enjoy just the community that's been built up around Mordheim and Games Workshop. So we'll see. So, Adam, are, what are you excited about tomorrow? Do you think your sisters, the Sigma, are going to be able to do okay? Um, I think I'm most excited just to meet some new people and enjoy the company of other fellow hobbyists. Do you think you're going to lose all your games like the last Mordheim <laughs> event? Um, so that's certainly very possible. I'm not a very accomplished Mordheim player, but... Um, You're getting those slings. Getting yeah, slings. so I made a new a new list for the Sisters of Sigmar, and I'm this is the first time I'm going to be trying out slings. Um, so I don't know. So it'll at least give them a few more options depending on the mission type and all of that. So I don't know. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I got some short bows for um my dregs in the Undead Warband because the last. The other Mordheim events and stuff I played in, I don't think they've done anything ever other than post-game find Wardstone shards. But hopefully the short bows, they'll at least be able to, you know, shoot, probably not accomplish anything, but make me feel like they're Yeah, I don't know. None None of the lists I've ever played had any ranged attacks, so I... Yeah, just a part of the game not really interacting with. Yeah, and I think depending on the scenarios and the board that you're playing on, having that option is probably better. Nah, yeah. I think your your point about the different boards is a pretty good one because it's not like Games Workshop really sells Mordheim terrain or anything like that. So it can vary a lot the type of terrain you're going to be using. So, you know, and then sometimes there are aren't as many avenues to get up into buildings and things, but there are going to be a lot of, a lot of boards at Nemo. So it'll be interesting to see how it is, but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm also excited to see the war bands that people bring. Cause I think in the main, the main events, Mordheim events we've participated in pretty much everyone focused on the original war bands in the original book, but 
since that was released and like the town criers and some of that other stuff, they did introduce a lot of other things. And so I think all of that is allowed in this event. So it'll be interesting to see if people bring some of those other war bands. Like I really have no exposure to them or knowledge of what they're yeah, like. Yeah, I hope I can go up against the lizard men. Do well, so that's one thing. Like that seems they don't. I don't feel the lizard men fit the theme of Mordheim nearly as well as. But they fit the theme of fun. Do they? If I guess they, I'm sure they're fine. But all fun all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm excited to see what other people bring and yeah, because it would it will be interesting, partially just to see conversions and what people have made. I don't really know the rules for the other war bands, but I mean, I don't not too concerned there. I would also be sort of interested to see like I wonder if other people will bring like some of the original war bands, like the old metal models and stuff. That could be kind of fun too. Yeah, no, I don't know if they really released other models for some of the town crier stuff, to be honest. I don't really remember. I guess they did at least a little some of the Carnival Chaos stuff, but Yeah, I I think they had a few small releases here and there, none of which were that celebrated or pushed. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we'll find out shortly. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you a little bit after that at some point. Yeah, certainly. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Wire from Dragged Into Turbo Lasers. We're here at the New England Mordheim Open Event, NEMO 2023. Um, I just spent a little bit of time talking with some of the Hive Scum people with their podcast, which is set up at the moment. And I felt like we should try to do something similar because Eric here brought all of his recording equipment. Yeah, all the, all the recording stuff is here. Like, I've never really had the opportunity to have some people live chatting and thought it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with all of the podcast episodes we've recorded for Dragged Into Turbolizers, I don't know, maybe the first one we did a live recording of, but aside from that, like we never, we've never done it. Really. Yeah, the first one was recorded with a single blue Yeti on like the Omni Direction, so that's why the audio sounds pretty trashy. But that was the only live one. But nice to be here. Well, yeah, I guess the. We, I guess they were all live, or most of the podcasts were live. It's just we were not together recording Yeah, them. not in the same room. It was all, like, through Discord or some other chat. But So that kind of... It's a different experience, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's fun to be with the people and to actually see their, you know, facial expressions and whatnot. But, yeah, so Nemo has been off to a pretty good start. We've now played the first two rounds in it. The first being kind of a traditional um, player versus player, yeah, the scenario Wardstone hunt. But the second was actually a multiplayer game, and yeah, everyone had randomly drew secret objectives, and they were trying to accomplish whatever was on that. And they had a wide range of things, from having to secure and hold different buildings to kill an enemy warband leader, or escape off of a table edge all sorts of different stuff so it's been kind of interesting and fun in that sense yeah it, it was 
it was a, a fun time so far. I actually, in the second multiplayer game, was able to play against uh, Will's Undead Warband, who was actually at the Mordheim 2022 event, which was pretty fun. We uh, really got into it. There was a lot of ineffectual zombies and direwolves like batting at each other, not doing a whole lot, but it, it, was, it was funny and always, always a good time. Yeah, I mean, the game I was playing in... The game was over in like three turns because someone, all they had to do was kill the enemy warband leader and they were like right next to each other. So <laughs> I managed to escape the battle with doing very little, but no one was really hurt. So honestly, I would sort of chalk that up as a moral victory, at least in more time. <laughs> yeah, I actually won the game against uh, Will and such, although it. <laughs> It was maybe kind of a cheeky win because it was you know, one of the random objectives, like you said. And I got perhaps the easiest, which was just to get off an opponent's table edge. And Did any of your models have sprint? I mean, the vampire counts. Some of their stuff's pretty fast anyway. I, have ju I just learned sprint in this, but okay. they can already run like 12 inches, so it's, it's a lot. That's fast. But I'm excited to see what other... Uh, more time games kind of transpire. Well, and did you win the first game? Or I, how'd you do on I, that? Yeah, I won the first as well with... My gosh, the vampire. That vampire, he's been on a tear yeah, in pretty he, much every event he's been a part of. Yeah, thank you, Red Wet Skeleton, for uh, making that model a couple of years ago. He's been all around the world and killed all sorts of, all sorts of models and such. But yeah, good, good times. But yeah, I kind of hope we'll be able to get some other people on here to chat about their experiences here and just this and that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even playing at this Mordheim event. I mean, as people who've listened to this podcast before perhaps know, like, of the three of us, I don't do too much hobbying myself. Um, and the older Mordheim events that we were at, so the one in Finland... And then the one in Texas just last year, I've always used miniatures painted by other people. Um, in this case, both of those times by Anna of Gardens of Hakate. So this this event here, I felt like I just wanted to just hang hang out and talk to people. And there are so many people here. Yeah, I think 64 people had signed up for it, but maybe around 20 ended up dropping out but even still like that's 40 some people and the hall that we're in this american legion hall it's great like there's enough space for everybody nobody's too crammed in lots of great boards and some cool vendors it's just yeah really nice pretty well lit like it's just a very a good time and i'm Excited! I think it's pretty impressive for this kind of the first effort to hold one of these uh, Mordheim like open events. Really seems to be going well, and I think hopefully it's something that can continue and be like an annual event. Like I think people would be excited about it, and I think probably also encourage other people to do things that are similar. People from all over are coming to this. Some people from Florida. 
Um, I think somebody from California, some people I think that's from totally Ohio. Not panicking, right? Oh, he's it's here. totally not panicking. Yeah, he yeah, is he's here. here. Yeah. So pretty that's cool. That's wild. That's wild. So this has been a great event so far. Hopefully, we can talk to some of the hobbyists shortly about some of the things that they're doing. Yeah. Hey, so we're here back at the Mordheim New England Open event, and we're here talking to Eric from, you're from Connecticut, you said? From Windsor, yep. Yeah. All right, so what have you been playing today? What sort of warband have you been playing? I've been playing Norse Explorers. Uh, it's my first time playing, and uh, basically it came down to I kind of like the play style, but I, I just found minis that I really liked, so it, it ended up being... The way I chose. Um, is cool. is Mordheim a game that you had played before, or how long have you been into it in particular? Did you ask me about Mordheim or Malifaux? I'm sorry. Mordheim, Mordheim, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this is my this is actually my first game. I've been into it for a while. Uh, I kind of got out of the hobby for. I guess I was away for about 25 years, and my midlife crisis, rather than buying a sports car, was to go back into playing hobbies. Well, I mean. Yeah. I'd say that's less expensive, but I guess if you get deep into anything, you can spend a heck of a lot of money on it. Um, well, so 25 years ago, how long you mentioned Malifaux? So that's a game that we've spent, my brothers and I have spent a little bit of time with. How long has that been a thing? I think, like, certainly it wasn't It wasn't say, a thing 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I want to say that it, maybe first edition came out 10 years ago or so, but... Are they at the second now, or maybe it's third. even the third year? Because yeah, when we third. started playing it was when the third edition came out, which I want to say that was seven years no, ago. I think we, we actually played, I think, the, second, the second edition. Oh. I think it was the second edition, because I'm pretty sure a newer edition came out. But the second edition was when they started actively producing, like, plastic miniatures and yeah. stuff. And then, yeah, we played that a bunch. Like, of, I feel almost of all the skirmish systems I've played, it's one of the more engaging ones. And just based on how the mechanics are, I feel you have a little more control, or at least the illusion of some control over things. Definitely. And I feel when I played it, it made me feel less bad when things went poorly because I at least had some control over how they went. And I felt as if, like, wow, I actually played that well, or I did what I could with what I had. Right. And so I like that a lot. And I guess a lot of the war bands have a lot of interesting special rules and characters and they really helps them come alive on the tabletop more so than like even like Mordheim there are a lot of special rules that can be kind of neat but they they take a long time to get and a lot of them you would probably never get so you don't you don't do it, you don't get to experience all that which it's a little more out in the open and more in Malifaux and you have all the different rules and I uh, we've certainly talked in the past about trying to like adopt a similar rule system in like other settings mm. because you could come up with your own interesting rules and whatnot oh, yeah. to make cool stuff so well so Eric how did you come to playing Mordheim then and how did you find out about this event I had I remember seeing Mordheim when it first came out, and I was when I was young. I played um, I was I played uh, the Warhammer Fantasy role playing game. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was very familiar with the with the world, the aesthetic, and everything like that. So when I saw Mordheim come out, I was like, 
that's something that looks pretty cool. But again, at the time, I wasn't really doing any hobby stuff. So um, when the uh, uh, when I saw that uh, they were doing the open, I was like, I started reading up on it and learning more and everything like that. And I was like, yeah, this is something that I I, I could definitely get back into because the idea of doing like a 40k army or anything like that, it, they're huge. There's just so many miniatures. It's such an investment, and I'm like, I can handle skirmish level. Yeah, like, I feel the idea like of doing like full on army level is just like I, I, I can't. Yeah, do it, it. it's a turn off for me as well. But if you can play a, an engaging game with like six to twelve or fifteen models, like that's much easier to actually paint. So you then made this the, the particular warband you're using. You made specifically for this event. Then I did. Yeah, I uh, I ordered the I got the minis off of Etsy. Uh, I I actually ended up going with uh, the uh, Asgard Rising mm -hmm. uh, uh, design that's out there. Um, yeah, I did. Um, it, it was my quickest mini painting I've ever done. I did twelve minis in five days. <laughs> So, that's I was fast. Also working on a, I was also working on a board, so that's taken up a majority of my time. Coming into this event, I had the idea that I would do a board and terrain, but that proved very unrealistic. That's a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got the board done, and I got a warband done, so I'm calling yeah, that's, that a win. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, a lot. And you you played a game. Your first game was against Adam here. How did Congrats. that go? Yeah. Like, it was fun. It was the first game I played against the Norse explorers and they're cool like they have a pretty high weapon skill they have the I don't remember what they're called but the large like werewolf beast yeah, type thing there like yeah that. you don't really want to get too close to them if you can you can help it but like it was a, a great game like I had a lot of fun with it I, I had fun it was it was my first time playing and we ended up playing on a, a, a lustria board which was really yeah cool. we were looking for the lizard men yeah we were we didn't see any though which probably was good yeah that they probably would have messed this up pretty, pretty somebody good. is playing a lizard men warband oh, cool. at this event I saw that's I'm, neat yeah I'm sort of excited about that that there are a lot of different other war bands at all the events that I've played in people were all sticking to mainly the original war bands in the rule book and so it's neat to see some of the other things and kind of experience what what they're like it's been like 20 some years since the comet struck so all sorts of people I'm sure have made their way here to find whatever it is is still amongst the ruins yep yeah, I, I had looked at, um, uh, you played the uh, uh, Sisters of Sigmar. I'd actually yeah. looked at doing them originally, um, and I looked at uh, doing the Amazons. Okay. Um, I, I like the Amazons as a war band, but my issue, my problem was I, I couldn't find any sculpts that didn't look very cartoony. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, yeah. that doesn't really fit the feel. So the I, grim I tone of the whole. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, so I ended up going. Okay, well, Norse is Norse is a, a warband. They're pretty straightforward. I'm like, yeah. as, as my first warband, I, I think I can probably handle that. <laughs> yeah, I feel it was a good choice. You also have your access to the werewolf dude. That's larger, faster, and stronger. And I think having one, at least one model that can do a lot of damage and move fast I think can help a lot in different scenarios too so definitely I, I ended up winning uh, uh, my second round so I have enough gold and so this 
this time around, I'm actually going to have a magic user. I'm going to have a Norse Shaman, so That's we'll cool. see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, magic, I feel, I haven't used it too much, but it's pretty good in that there aren't a lot of restrictions to it. Like, you can move, run, you can be in combat, and you can still pretty much do whatever magic you have. So, like, that, I think, just gives you a lot of flexibility, which, right. depending on what you're doing, is, is cool. Definitely. All right. Well, I don't want to take you too much away from all your games, oh, no, but thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for coming and playing. Yep. Thanks. Good luck in your coming games. You as well. Thank you. All right. We're here. We're back at the Mordheim New England Invitational, and I'm talking with Phil, famous Phil Fax from the Hive Scum Podcast. It's How me. you doing? How you doing, Phil? I'm good. You know, I'm running on fumes. Uh, but it's it's been a really really awesome day so far. I'm very excited. This, I I could not have hoped for a better turnout. Yeah, I mean it's been excellent. You haven't actually played anything, right? I haven't no, played anything either. I haven't, and honestly, I I don't really like playing in this sort of an environment. I'm I'm very easily distracted. I'll want to walk away from my table and you know chew the fat with someone else, or, or you know see what's going on at other people's tables anyway. I feel like I'm a little bit self-conscious about the rules and not knowing them as well as I feel oh, like yeah. I should, particularly if I'm playing against people that I don't know and I feel like maybe they'll be expecting me to know them better than I do, which yeah, perhaps yeah. it's not that because everybody seems pretty friendly here. But, yeah. like, I never read the rules for Mordheim. H have you played Mordheim before? I've played Mordheim a, a handful of times. Yeah, like the only times that myself have played it have been at bigger events like this like Mordheim events which somehow they're well this is the third Mordheim event that my brothers and I have been at so those are the only times that I've played Mordheim yeah well I mean that, I think that was kind of the idea of why we want to do this it's like well it really seems at least sort of in our, our sort of bubble that um, Mordheim has sort of like reached this level of like popularity and, and notoriety on you know like YouTube and and you know different internet spaces, um, but I don't know. Well, we didn't know that anyone was actually playing it, and you know we're the last like year or so, we um, we kind of like very organically, kind of just like made a an effort to sort of just like build community, you know. Because um, we, we went to Adepticon last year for the first time, and we met so many cool people and made so many, uh, you know, good friends, several of whom have traveled, you know, across the country to, to be here this weekend. And, you know, in an effort to sort of, like, foster those relationships and, and whatnot, we, uh, you know, started Discord and, you know, the In Rust We Trust Discord. And then a lot of other people got, you know, pulled in. And... Um, what was the original question? I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, maybe I didn't even ask a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I have found that perhaps my favorite part about this hobby is building the community and all the cool people yeah, involved yeah. and the events that my brothers and I have been to. It has been great just meeting new people, particularly people that are interested in the same sort of stuff. And there are a lot more people yeah, that are interested yeah. in the weird niche yeah. stuff too well the thing too is you know I, I i've you know been in the hobby and all sorts of different you know sort of nerdy hobbies uh you know on and off my entire life and it really wasn't until recently that i was around 
you know, sort of the, the kindred spirits, you know, because a lot of times, you know, you go to the, the tabletop shops and there's definitely a very unsavory element about a lot of people yeah. in that world. Yeah. Like, I never want to go to a hobby shop and play a pickup game of 40K. Yeah, no. No thanks. But I guess for myself and my brothers growing up playing Warhammer, it was nice since I just have my brothers. Like, yeah, we always had got people a, got to play with. built-in play group. Yeah, so it wasn't like we had to go to a hobby shop to play pickup games or something. So I think we had it better than most people necessarily would because, like, I had my two best friends to play yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't play too much anymore. We're more just building stuff. Yeah. But... It seems it's mainly just events like this that we come out to and play stuff at. Yeah, we're, we're actually really excited when we heard you guys were coming. I, honestly, uh, uh, Dragon's Turbo Lasers was one of the inspirations for us to, to start our podcast. Well, I'm somewhat surprised to hear that people even listen really? to it. You know, it, it's kind of a thing where, like, don't really care if, like, a lot of people are listening. But yeah. it's nice to even get feedback from, like, you know, five people on the Discord that did listen, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, also, Hive Scum, like, I have really enjoyed that. Like, pretty fucking funny. Like, yeah. I just love the friend of the podcast thing. Friend of the pod. Oh, yeah. Really funny. Um, and I think it's neat with all the different people and the different personalities on it. I somewhat feel self-conscious about our podcast with it's myself and my two brothers who probably sound exactly the same because our voices are pretty yeah, similar. Yeah. Like, I wonder how interesting it is. Uh, I mean, I as someone who's listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks, for me personally, as long as the content is interesting... You also you don't really need to differentiate necessarily yeah. between the people you're listening to anyway, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you have found some inspiration in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's hard for me to imagine that. I think we're almost at like a hundred episodes. So like we've That's, been doing it for a while. I, and I can't even imagine doing that many. I hope we do. But, well, I know. don't even remember how did we get a hundred episodes out. I guess. In the beginning, it was largely us commenting on, like, New Games Workshop releases and complaining about their anatomy. Oh, so, yeah. like, some of that I don't know is as, as interesting. I feel like the past two years we've tried to bring people on doing cool stuff in the hobby and, like, interview them, and I feel like that has been more interesting. Yeah. Well, I actually do think one of the the nice things in the in our podcast, at least, is that we can go off on tangents about other shit. You know, we'll, we can talk about, you know, minions for 10 minutes or, you know, we, we really wanted to ask uh, Mordheim Paul about his cars because he's a, a classic car guy. He restores classic cars. And that was definitely something we really wanted to talk to him about. And I don't think we had much of a chance in, in uh, the episode he was on. But, yeah, we'll have him on again. Well, I almost point. feel like it is sometimes more interesting to hear some of those tangential things and some of the things oh, yeah. that people are interested in outside of uh, like their most recent game of Kill Team. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean I don't know that I certainly with the podcast I listen to I don't listen to ones about like the competitive 40k scene or talking about the rules because I don't, I don't care about that I didn't know that, that there much. even were. I mean 
I would assume that there are those podcasts, yeah, but I, I'm not really aware of any of them. Yeah, they are. There are somehow. Um, but so, do you have a notion of what you might want to try to do after this, or a, perhaps just take a rest? I mean, this was probably put a lot of effort just to get this out. Um, well, we certainly were going to do this again next year. You know, for this being the first event to be this this much of a success, I, I think we're all going to be flying on this high for, for quite a while. But I do want to say, I really don't want to take too much credit for, for this event. You know, this was the sort of baby of uh, uh, Steve, South of Heaven Steve, yep. and, uh, and Mordheim Paul. Mordheim they, Paul. They, yeah, they weird-stoned Paul. Um, yeah, they, they really, you know... Did so much out of their own pocket, you know, spent so much time as, you know, two guys with jobs and lives, you know, really dedicated so much of their free time to putting this together and, and networking in building a stupid amount of terrain and boards. And it almost still feels like we weren't able to make enough, but... I don't know. I think it looks pretty good. Like, yeah. I'm astounded by how many boards are here and, like, none of them are half-assed. Good. So it's good. pretty impressive. I'm glad. Pretty impressive. Yeah, really, my only contribution is to uh, point out ideas that I think are stupid. You know, constructive criticism on on you know sort of the 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 ideas that they're pushing forward for uh, this event and really any other event that that we would do. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that's that's really it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here, <laughs> Phil. I. Um, well, thank you for coming. Like yeah, I no, said, we were, we were very stoked great. to hear I mean, that you guys were coming. It seemed ridiculous for being uh, in the Northeast. Like we had to, we had to come. Yeah, yeah. We had to come. Good. So awesome. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks man. All right, we're back. It's Greg, and I am sitting here with Steve. It's South Steve. of Heaven, Steve. It's Steve. Hi. How you doing, Steve? We're doing great. Great. Good energy in the room. It's been a wild day yeah i mean you haven't been doing any playing i've played nothing play i've yeah, played myself <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't played any games either but both of my brothers adam and eric they're they're playing games right now um so how would you say this is going like to me it looks like it's been going with off without a hitch like everybody seems to be having a good time like lots of games going on yeah i uh, it, it's come together in a way that I can't really put it into words. It, it's it's a great feeling to see so many people come out and just have fun with you know a quote unquote dead game, as you know others would put it. Yeah, I mean it was released in 1999. That's a little while ago. Like yeah, I was probably like, I was like 14 eight. or something. I was I don't know. Little I could guy. I could figure it out, but yeah. So it's not been supported at least by games workshop in a long time yeah this is definitely a fans keeping it alive situation the the fans came out today um you know we we were 20 people short of the initial player registration count like 60 some yeah. which is outrageous yeah which i if they showed up i don't even we couldn't have put them on tables we didn't have the room for them like we were pulling tables out of nowhere for the vendors that were showing up last minute but uh you know, like, it, it worked out great. It worked out great. Yeah, I mean, I have been very impressed with how it has been going. And, like, the venue you have here is great. Have you used this venue for stuff before? 
Yeah, uh, we did a charity event. Um, was the, the Under the Dice charity event. The Charity Chiller? The Charity Chiller number yeah. two in uh, last October. And okay. it was uh, not nearly this many people. We probably raised more money, but it was... it. The energy in this room cannot be matched. I, well, I, would I mean, give the, the Charity Chiller had charity in the in title. The yep. Like here, people are just here to try to play Mordheim. Absolutely. And that, you know, $5 entry fee, you can't beat it. Yeah, I mean, that was awfully cheap. Like, why didn't you? $10. Surely you could have gotten $10 out of it. I think people. we could have probably gotten even more than oh, that. I'm but sure we, you could. We wa In hindsight, I'm a fool. But, you know, I was thinking, like, oh, I don't want to have a barrier of any kind in yeah. the way to have people come in and play. But I need to make some kind of, I need to make something to kind of help pay for at least building the boards and the five dollar entry fee did not do that yeah but yeah. that is okay like i took i'll take a hit any day to experience this so well i kind of wondered is like that five dollar fee kind of reminds me of like with punk and hardcore shows like you want people to be able to come and even if people can't afford it if they show up you want them to still come yes um and that's so i think i made a mistake in that you know my background coming from that, whereas yeah. this is a hobby that people have money and don't care. Oh yeah, yeah, like people are are willing to spend the money. I mean, I watched hammer. someone spend five hundred dollars a few minutes ago on literally nothing, like on on trash. So yeah. I, I mean, in Warhammer and Mordheim stuff, it's all really expensive to begin with. Yeah. So next year, you know, we might have to raise the price tag a little bit, but you know. You raise the price tag, it only gets better. And now we have the board, so prize support's going to go up. Everything's going to go up. Like well, this year, we're kind of raffling everything, but you know, next year it's going to get better. I think, and people will see how great this event was, even if they're just looking at it through Instagram. And I mean, I guess my brothers and I will write something about our blog. And oh, nice. Um, People will see that it was awesome because it is awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, you look at something through a lens and it's not the same as it being there and experiencing it. Like me and you sitting here talking is different than us chatting on Discord, like over yeah. video. It's like a yeah, whole different Yeah, I mean, feeling. and this was something that my, we were taught, my brothers and I were talking about earlier. I think this is one of the first times that we've actually sat together to talk about stuff in a podcast. It was always through Discord yeah. or something. So and it's, it, it felt, I'm sure it was a way different atmosphere and like flowed better for you and like it's much different. Yeah. <laughs> and it it's more fun to be Absolutely. in person. Just hanging out like, with people you know, you know, yeah. like yeah, it's going great though. The event's great. The boards are absolutely crazy. The terrain looks awesome. All the war bands are great. Uh we're coming we're on the third round right now. Uh, we're going to be finishing up in a few. Going to start doing the raffle. We're going to raffle everything off. So, if you were playing, what would you have? What sort of warband would you be playing with? Um. So I traditionally played undead in our campaigns. I have not steered away from that traditional vampire undead. I and that's what I'd stick to. And I know Garrett is out here somewhere running my vampire list. Oh. And okay. he has not lost a game yet, and he has been cleaning up. So I have to say. It would There's have been good. To it, I know? mean, my brother Eric's playing an undead vampire list, and I'm pretty sure I won his first two games. His vampire is apparently a beast, so I don't know how he's doing now. But yeah, so I think they're pretty good. But yeah, Terry, you get over here. You get over here. Terry's taking pictures of stuff. He has 
a little light source because oh, the lighting the light. isn't. You gotta take some photos for me on my board with that. I mean, when when my brothers and I were at Bill's Texas Mordheim event, it was awesome. And it was in a, like a little bar tavern sort of thing, and the lighting was terrible. Oh, I believe oh, that. And, yeah, it did look dark. Yeah, it was pretty dark. But like, and how fitting. I mean, yeah, it was appropriate for what we were doing. Absolutely. But, like, Eric, my brother Eric had his expensive camera, and he oh, has, yeah. a, like, a flash thing that he didn't bring, and, boy, he should have brought that because it was yeah. too dark. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard because you don't want it really bright, you know? It's you, true. In, in, in a Mordheim event, you don't want it, like, This super. room is a Mordheim building. It's nice. Look at the wall colors. Yeah. Like, you can tell. Yeah, it's the city of the damned for sure. Truly. I mean, driving by auto shops and half the letters are like falling off. It's like, you know. I've responded on that street probably more than I can count <laughs> at this point. I've only been working in my job for two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, on, Dire situations. On Hive Scum, you talked about the place that this is at, how it seemed a little sketchy. It seems pretty nice to did me. Did you go down that street? Yeah, I mean, I walked. I walked you did not to walk the, to the Dunkin' Donuts. I, I walked well, to the gas station. I did that. He's a, he's a Rust Belt guy. You oh, know? that's true. Like, I walked this to it. Home I caught some Pokemon and Pokemon Go. Nice. What'd you catch? Anything good? Um, Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan. I think they're two. having an event today oh, to wow. catch those fighting uh, two Pokemon. Two events in one day oh, nice. in the same place. Two events in one day. Did you set this up, I set Steve? it up. <laughs> yeah. And Pokemon I, Go <laughs> sponsoring <laughs> Nemo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Friend oh. of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I walked. I walked there. I got some money out at the ATM. To, you got raffled. He walked I, around counting it outside. Yeah, or oh, I used it to jar. buy some some soda here. You know, there's um, an ATM in the bar, right? I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But I no, I walked to the, bar, to the gas station on Hive Scum. You were saying you weren't sure if people would do it. Well, I did it. Well, and I it, love you to hear it. it. I love Seriously. to hear it. It was, it was fine. Like, it was nice. And it's not even cold out. No, it's actually oh, a beautiful yeah. day. Yeah, it turned out great. We had that squall, that like real wild snowstorm that came in on Friday. But honestly, I was worried. It too bad. Yeah. Uh, when it first know. happened two days in a row of snow, I was like, oh, man, I hope it doesn't uh, mess with anyone coming. Well, in Pennsylvania and Maryland, where the three of us are from, it has been a very mild winter. Same like, here. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Almost no snow. Like, I feel like last Thursday it was like in the 70s. Oh, like, yeah. it was great weather. No, ideal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. Uh, if you're, you know, a, a fan of, I like winter. You know, I kind of miss it. It's like, when it's nice out, and I'm like, I start going outside more. It's like, I like the, the dead of winter where you're just like, okay, I'm like at home. I can't leave my house. Don't call me. Hobbying. I don't want to leave. I'm hobbying. I'm doing making stuff. Whatever I'm doing, it's like, it's nice to be trapped. Speaking of hobbying, I left all my paints in my truck last night overnight. I think I ruined them. No, I don't think it was nah, cold enough it to wasn't freeze. That cold. Oh, good. Okay. It wasn't that cold. No, it was actually um, like pretty mild last night. Well, so... Yesterday, my brothers and I went to the Battle Standard, and they bought some paint, and I think they forgot it in their car. Oh, wow. So hopefully that. that wasn't ruined. Yeah. I, I don't think it was. It wasn't Talk that about, cold. Dude, no, they, it's fine. Battle Standard just keeps getting more paint ranges. They have I don't the get it. Now. They, you know, not to dwell too long on paints, but I'm like, God damn, there's a lot of them. Once they got the monument, 
the Monument series, yes. you don't need to get anything else. I mean, yeah. Like, I know, you know, AK Interactive's the, the streaking grime and all that yeah. stuff. That's sure. But their paint range, I didn't even, like, know yeah. existed. Well, well, what paint ranges do you prefer? I know Adam and Eric used a bunch of Vallejo. I mean, when we that's, started that's, when we started in the hobby, it was GW all the way, and oh, we obviously didn't thin it because we were 12 and we didn't know what we were doing, and there wasn't YouTube with all these videos, so straight out of the pot. Yeah. I mean, I've been using model color. That's, like, kind of the easiest one. It's, a ch it's cheap to buy. But honestly, I've been really liking like Michael's brand craft store oh. craft, craft paint from the from the craft store like the dollar 50 it comes in a jillion different colors and it's just it's so fucking thin that you can mix it so easily with other things so it's like if I, I've been doing a lot of wet blending on minis and so I just like will put a dark purple for a base layer and then I'll just like build quickly up with like using Vallejo to just blend right into that super wet paint that, that the craft well, store is. Terry's clearly a real artist though. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Well sure. I know <laughs> Adam and Eric will buy the Vallejo model air yeah. paints because yeah. they're already thinned for an airbrush. I still think they they do thin them even still. Yeah. But but I've heard of people doing that. They like, and I, honestly, I like the GW Air stuff. We were using that last night. We were at the Battle Standard. And we were painting a um, David uh, Hotskin's uh, Possessed yeah. War Band that he was doing, and and they have like the Battle Standard has like a free bin of paint, like not yeah. free to tank, but, but if you like want to paint there. Yeah. They're like here, you can try it out, and they have a bunch of Air colors in there just because they don't sell very well. The I GW think. ones. Well, uh -huh. they're in a bad container. The paint yes. pots aren't that good yeah, yeah. for getting them into an airbrush i mean yeah like, that is the craziest part is the fact that you're going to call these air paints and then and like, they're in those the stupid pots yeah how are you getting it in there yeah you, <laughs> you still have to thin them or yeah yeah 100%. i know like certainly adam and eric will thin the vallejo model air stuff but like it's a little bit thinner uh, yeah yeah i don't know paints are i, I want to mess more with the the Totally not panicking, and Evan, it's what Evan, they use yeah. um, just Gouch. wash. Yeah, they just, like, buy it from, my well, Evan uses the Michael shit, and he really likes it. It's, like, five ninety nine for a for a pack of all the colors or whatever, and you could just mix it. All your it primaries, yeah. Yeah, and it's reactivatable with water, but oh. not with mineral spirits. Okay. From what I heard. Well, so then it's not acrylic, then? It's not acrylic stuff? But there is acrylic wash as well. Okay. He which, uses the acrylic yeah. gouches. Yeah. Evan okay. does. He, made a Evan, he sent me yeah. that video, and it's... I so don't understand it. TMP or Matt uses it as well. He like will mix the acrylic stuff with the non-acrylic stuff or the just a regular gouache or whatever, and he'll mix those together and use them to wet blend with. But then the mineral spirits of the oil, from what I understand, doesn't reactivate them. Okay. So you okay. can go right over, slosh a bunch of oil on it, and it's not. And that like really blows my mind because I'm like, the mineral spirits is still wet. Like, how is this not reactivating? <laughs> the, yeah. The, it. I don't know physics. It doesn't work for me, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense that it wouldn't reactivate. But uh, well, I'll have to try it. There's too much science to know. Too much like, science. Like, I mean, I'm a biologist by trade, but there's a lot of biology to know. Yeah. Too much to know. Well, honestly, I imagine bio fits in pretty well when you're, like, kit bashing stuff. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm making stuff, and I feel like it would be nice to have a basic grasp of, like, I don't know, like, anatomy. 
Yeah, well, I feel like anyone who's listened to Dragged Into Turbo Lasers for a while will know we complain about anatomy all oh, the fucking you know time. What? I did, and I knew that too. All yeah. the time, and <laughs> all gun proportions. Or yeah, yeah, and, and we're also big into firearms and stuff. And you guys want to go see my gun collection after? I mean, that would be cool. Yeah, but. <laughs> You boys and your guns. War, games games <laughs> Workshop, like games workshop yeah. does a bad job of making firearms. Everything's like they're oh, shooting yeah, with a yeah. two by four. <laughs> or like half of the rifles don't have stocks, but they have scopes. Like anyone who's shot a rifle yeah. and wants to use a scope, if you can't shoulder if, that, like, yeah, but if it's you're not in Astartes, you don't need a scope. Well, yeah, and you're well, just holding it like that. You use your fourth item. I feel shoot. like that's it. <laughs> that, like, is a poor excuse. P Games Workshop has just been going back and saying, like, our oh, Space Marine, they have these crazy targeting bullshit in their helmets. Like, they don't need so to shoulder it. Yeah, like, why is the scope there gun. in general? So, I think a lot of this stuff was whoever designed the bolt guns, they don't know anything, or at the time didn't know anything about, about firearms. The big rocket launcher shotgun thing that they Yeah, have. I feel like that's a good example of <laughs> a real gun stupid <laughs> stupid bullshit where, like, let's just put a bunch of rocket launchers onto something and <laughs> when I feel like there's been somewhat of a backlash from the community saying that the shit's dumb Yeah, because it's pretty wild. Yeah. Now, do you think that eventually it'll kind of uh, revert? Like, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I know it's kind of niche, but there's so many. There's like a lot of like people who really like the retro feel. And I feel like there's yeah. more and more like old hammer heads or, or people who want to play Mordheim or whatever. Do you think that can Games Workshop dial it back? No. Or is it, it it's only forward that they can go. They can never go like back. Do retro I, marines or something. I I don't know that they're going to be able to yeah. dial it back. But, I mean, I feel like now that I've been into the hobby for a, a long time, like, I've started to become nostalgic for the old Rogue Trader stuff that I oh, know totally. the, the anatomy on all the models is fucking horrible and they look wonky and dumb. But I've started to like that better now than I ever did before. Yeah. Um. But I feel like Games Workshop has started to, uh, I want to say, take firearms more seriously, but then they released the, that that new kit with, I don't know what they're called, <laughs> with their stupid rocket launcher bullshit. But, like, they've started to have models where they don't have their finger on the trigger of the firearm. Because, like, anybody who's yeah. shot firearms, like, one of the big things with gun safety is you don't, Obviously, you don't point a gun at somebody, but yeah. you don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot. And half of the models, like, their fingers are on the trigger all, all the time. Yeah, and that guy's but, bouncing around with jetpacks, and no, no big deal there. Yeah, He's but, not going to hit the ground and let off a, a, a shot or anything. Well, some of <laughs> Games Workshop's newer models, like, they don't actually have the finger on the trigger. So, like, I feel like they've listened or... They've started to take some of the stuff more seriously. And that's good. Um, you know? That, I mean, that is good. It's like... I don't know. I feel like in, in, in our current era... Like... I don't want to say the public has more voice now, but like people have like a like a platform or whatever. People yeah. can complain, and people will complain about everything. But I also think that uh, companies kind of 
pay at least a little bit more of attention to like the social barometer of what yeah, is and or I, isn't cool. I think they've started to pay more attention to that. And they should. I mean, that's how you know what the hell's going to sell. Is it like, okay, people want, like, I don't know, freaking more time. So let's pump more Curse City type shit out into the world or whatever. It's like they should be paying attention to that. Oh, so you have talked about on Hivescum whether you think that Mordheim is going to be re-released. Yeah. Um, I tend to think they're not going to release a new Mordheim, but they're maybe going to make a game in that same vein again. Yeah. Um, but I guess they're doing the their Warhammer Fantasy. They're bringing that back in some capacity. I don't, I don't even know what they're doing with that. They teased that a while ago. I don't yeah. know what's oh, happening Oh, the old with world. It. Yeah. yeah like well, my, one of the, the reasons behind my thinking is that uh, you know, obviously, there's 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 a little bit of a a little bit of energy behind Mordheim right now that they would want to capitalize on. But if they were going to do a skirmish game set in their you know their current universe, Age of Sigmar, they already have two skirmish games set in Age of Sigmar. I guess so. That's really, true. the only thing that they would be bringing back for Mordheim is the building. Setting. Yeah. The setting really is yeah. really. And you know, they brought back Necromunda, which I would say is the sort of the, the yeah. analog. But yeah. Gorkamorka, will they bring back Gorkamorka? Uh, here's to hoping. I don't know. I just bought the book today. So Did you? We'll see. Yeah, the a guy had a couple of Gorkamorka books, so I sniped those really quick. Well, so my brothers and I started playing 40K at the end of the second edition, but we were like 12, so we were young and dumb at the time and didn't know yeah, what we were doing. probably having more fun, though, than ever. Perhaps. <laughs> but Gorkamorka was the first game that we actually read the rules and played properly. Oh, hell and yeah. And that was the game, the first GW game that we played properly. So, like, I have a nostalgia for that. And seeing all this love for Mordheim, it would be fun to do something for Gorkamorka. Oh, man, but, right? And I feel I like they, they could. How does Gorkamorka play? I don't even know. Is it like it was is it, basically Necromunda, but with vehicle rules yeah. as does well? It, does it use like measuring sticks, like a like a Gaslands or X-wing or something like that, or do you just is it normal just like it's dice GW, and measuring tape? It's dice and measuring tape. It's dice that. Measuring it was tape, yeah. basically Necromunda, but you put some vehicles in it. Yeah, we've talked um, in the past about combining Gaslands rules with like. You know, doing like a like a Gaslands race to the finish, and at the finish line, your two crews, like whoever's not dead, gets out of their cars, and then you and move have to a, another yeah, yeah, board yeah. to have a uh, like a skirmish. I game. mean, I would say that Gaslands is certainly a better rule set than Gorka yeah. Like it's more modern, fun game yeah. design. So yeah. like, it's a better game design, I would say. It'd be fun if they incorporated that, but I mean, like, then they're just completely they're like I don't know. You're not going to beat Gasland, so it's like your choices are like rip it off completely or like yeah. come up with a watered down version of it, which is tricky. So I don't know. I yeah. mean, well, Eric Eric recorded an episode at Twenty Eight Magazines Podcast yep. Thirty Two about Gaslands. Yeah. Um, I think maybe we need to change the name 32 because people can't find it when they're searching for podcasts because it's so generic. 32, a number. Apparently, like people can't right find it. Okay, it maybe, so maybe the algorithm knows what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know? could. Sometimes it I can could. never tell if it's just like, is this really what I've searched for, or does the computer know yeah. well, that I'm does looking for? Does anyone here have an idea of a good name for a podcast? Oh, hockey podcast. I think 32 is clever. But I hear what okay. you mean. But I think it's pretty clever. I like it. 
And then not like, off the top of my head. I'll get back to you. Yeah, think about it. Think about and it. I love dragged into turbo lasers too. So. Well, yeah. yeah so that was. A playoff of the doom yeah. metal band dragged into sunlight. Yeah. It's fucking but, sick. Yeah, yeah, like I saw them in Pittsburgh one time at like a biker bar, and oh, that's cool. like they had a spotlight hooked up that it would shine on you every time they hit the bass drum. Oh, whoa! And it was cool. in a darkened, like smoky bar, so the the lights were off. But like they were doing blast beats, yes. so they were, the the spotlight was flashing all the time, and it was like terrible because it was in a dark dark room. But I I feel like that was like trying to be unpleasant like yeah. you were being drugged into the sunlight yes. like it was great yeah, totally. it was so good like really um, messed you up just strobe yeah, it light was, effect it was that really was good really cool. um but i think eric came up with uh between the bolter and me as a name yeah. as a kind of a joke oh really um, yeah it was kind it, of a, it I mean, was it's a joke really great like you know what i mean it's a really great play you know on and the after that it was like all right we wanted to do a podcast like all right we're gonna have to follow up this music route with a name and probably Eric came up with dragged into turbo lasers as well I and I feel like it's at least memorable yeah 100%. oh yeah super unique which is like great it's which I think people that don't even understand the band reference would probably think it's a cool name anyway yeah yeah, yeah I mean I we like it we like it hell yeah absolutely I feel like hive scum's kind of a generic name but you know yeah. no one else is using it well, That's the, what I figured. I was like, I'll throw who, it in there. Who did the art? Who did the artwork for the like the Hive Scum logo stuff? Because I, I did, love and that. Steve helped me with the colors, and he he did the colors digitally, but I did the drawing. Okay, I love that. Like that's really good. Yes, Terry. Terry is an artiste. I do my best. Oh, he's being humble. I heard that the raffle is happening next. All right. Oh, well, yeah. I'm really so maybe let's. Well, we're gonna stop the recording here to see this raffle, but um, Terry. Thanks for being here, Phil. Thanks for being oh, here. Yeah. Hey, thanks for My having pleasure. us. My yeah. pleasure. I mean, this is like huge. You have a, a great pod. Pod, friend of the pod. Friend Everybody of the here. pod. Dude, yeah. this friend is an amazing pod. cross yeah. today. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll you. talk to you all soon. Hey, we're back talking. This is Greg. I'm talking to Alex. Alex from AV Hobbies. You know him from... Um, the Mordheim, Texas event. We talked to him on the blog or the podcast once. How's it going, Alex? You winning games? It's going good, man. I've uh, I've been doing very well. I'm very excited. Yeah, you're playing the dwarves, right? Dwarf treasure hunters for the first time, and I was worried about the movement speed, which is definitely an issue. They have a movement speed of three. Yeah, so three that's pretty low. Very slow. Um, but I loaded a lot of them out with crossbows, and one of the heroes is an engineer, and he gives an extra six inches of range to the crossbows. Oh, okay, so that's a, a lot of range. I did the range. right thing by giving them ranged weapons, and I've kind of just been picking off enemies, and it's really worked a lot better than I anticipated, so I'm having a blast. I'm, like, All right. excited, yeah. Um, what made you want to try to do the dwarves? Maybe because people aren't playing them, or, like, have you seen other people playing them? I don't, I don't know that yeah, I have. Yeah, so I wanted, I wanted to try something new. At home, I've basically played all of the original war bands and I own a copy of Best of Town Crier and that's one of the two war bands in there so I was like I just want to branch out a little bit with something I have access to what's and the other war band in the Best of Town Crier stuff do you know I'm trying to think off the, is it Carnival of Chaos 
I think it's very well I don't remember. I don't know. I was so I was like so about the dwarf. I think it's carnival though. Yeah. And you built this dwarf list for the event, right? I did, and I, uh, as a natural procrastinator, decided last minute to build them. So I started the kit bash on Monday. We're now here Sunday, six six days deep. Kit bash painted here. That's pretty impressive. That was a labor of love. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're able to get them together and get them into these games. I mean, I came either way, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, exciting to have something that's presentable on the table as well as um, something I'm enthused to play, so. Yeah, well, talking to some other people, um, I think a lot of people are rushing to get some stuff out before the event. Well, what's incredible to me is the, the... presenters, the under the dice guys, um, all the parties involved with getting this together. I mean, they had like a couple months really to make this happen. And it's been incredibly well organized. Um, so if I'm rushing a little bit to make my warband, that's nothing in comparison to what they did and the ultimate outcome, which has just been a great day so far. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly it was announced. And then it wasn't like, oh, we have this event and it's going to happen in a year. It was like a few months away and yeah, yeah pretty impressive. And they've done a great job. So, um, yeah, I think the, the overall sentiment is very positive. Everyone's having fun and uh, just a great turnout. Yeah, here's to more Mordheim. More Mordheim, absolutely. Well, thanks for talking, Alex. I don't want to take you me, away man. from yeah, no. your games. Always but love talking to you guys. Keep, keep winning games. Make <laughs> the dwarves to. proud. Sweet, dude. Thanks, Thank Alex. We're here at the Mordheim Open event in New England. I'm talking here to Gabe. He's come from, is it Connecticut? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. And you're playing a a goblin list, the good old greenskins? Oh, yeah. Big old night goblins. Um, How often have you played Mordheim? This is my first time. I feel like that's (laughs) the case with a bunch of people here. Yeah, along with everybody Um, else. So how have your games been? Not bad. Most of them weren't bad. Um, I went actually two and two, or yeah, two and four was how you say it. But yeah, four yeah. games, one two of them. Um, those two victories were huge victories, and the two losses were huge losses. So yeah, okay. that feels I very mean, more time to me. And I, I feel it also kind of feels like the goblins, like they bad luck, kind of pathetic, oh, pathetic, yeah. cunning creatures. Um, well, so you probably had a lot of models then. The goblins are probably cheap, like points-wise. Oh, yeah. And, and they're probably worthless. terrible. They're yeah. terrible, too. Oh, they suck. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the games that you did well on, what, why did you do well? Did you have a lot of ranged weapons or something? Or like because I had so many dudes. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, I don't know, people always talk about the Skaven. There's the Skaven list with all the slings yeah. that are unfun to play against, partially because they're cheap and... Um, so I guess with these goblins, you have a ton of goblins. But yeah. I, maybe I found the new meta. There the we new go. Meta. Yep, this is now a, a big tournament. Well, yeah. are the, the squigs, are they good? They're probably, probably good, but you can't. Other than the troll, they're the best in the, in the okay. list. Yeah, easily. Because, I mean, being able to get that strength four and the toughness yeah. four with how quick they move, because you can do the 2d6. I mean, it's yeah. random. Yeah. But just the fact that you can charge so early in the game with that, it's great. 
And strength, so strength and toughness are four. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's pretty good. Whereas the goblins, they're probably strength is two, something horrible. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're three across the board on strength oh, and toughness. Okay, um, well, so but I, I mean, guess it's, at least it's just three. Squigs are 15 gold each. They're dirt cheap. Oh, so that is cheap. So, yeah, you run them in. If they die, you shrug, and you buy another one. Um. So I don't know the rules for them, but do you have a squig herder that, like, if they die, do the squigs go wild? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... I had my little squig herder. He's running around, chasing them with symbols, scaring okay. them in the direction he wants them to go. Um, and, yeah, because the rule is if they move outside of six inches of any other friendly goblin, you no longer control them. Oh, they just go wild and fun. move in a random direction. Yeah. And if they happen to attack your own goblins, oh, well. Um, but the squig herder kind of, like, keeps them in line. Yeah. Um, also... In the games that you did poorly, what caused you to do poorly? Um, well, the the first one I lost was the the four way match. Okay, so four um, people. So that's a lot of people. Yeah, and I kind of I got ganged up on by two guys. They kind of did a little pincer move and ganging I just up got, on the gobos. I was losing heroes left and right. So I just voluntary routed, and I said, I'm out Okay. Well, did any of your then heroes die, die, like actually die, or did they? All full recoveries. I was really okay, lucky. Okay, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> um, I feel like, so I wasn't playing games in this event, but in the Mordheim, Texas event, I was playing a Witch Hunters Warband, and in the first battle, like almost everything in my Warband was taken out of action, and then I think, I think five, five just died. So, like, Yikes. I got... That's, rocked. Yeah, that's rough. But, I mean, it was fun. It was funny. That's Mordheim. Right, it, it, exactly. Yeah. That's the vibe with this game. You know, yeah. you do terribly. If yeah. it was any other game, you'd be really pissed. Yeah, I, but, but I in this couldn't. game, you laugh every time. Yeah, I you know? couldn't be too <laughs> too upset about yeah. it. Um. Also, do you think you'll be playing more Mordheim after this? Do you have anybody to play in New Hampshire? I've got or a really small group of friends that I beg to play war games with me. And so this is going to be the next one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we play yeah. Frostgrave a good bit. Okay. Um, and I feel like this will be a pretty easy transition considering Frostgrave is essentially a Mordheim copy yeah. but with yes. a D20 system. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it'll be an easy enough transition. Yeah, to eventually say. you can. If they're playing Frostgrave, you can convince them to play yeah. more time. Yeah, Hopefully. definitely. It'll Hopefully. it'll be an easy one. Yeah. Especially now that I've got a board. Now they had an excuse to build up some terrain. Um, do you have more? Is the Goblin Warband the only one you have specifically yeah. for more time? Yeah, I painted it up just for the event. Okay. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to pick up some Skaven models. Maybe pick up Skaven, some Skaven, some slings. Yeah. The you, Skaven sling list. I probably do won't do that. Yeah, but. don't do that, because <laughs> I could see, like, all right, you're playing the Skaven Slings, and you destroy somebody in their first game. It's like, maybe they don't want to play anymore. So don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Don't do that. I'll probably kit bash up some nasty, you know, possessed stuff, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's the most enticing thing about this game, is the style of it, you know? Yeah, so if you can show people a board that looks awesome and give them eight, ten models that look awesome and say, all right, throw these down and start tossing some yeah, dice. Yeah, I feel like it's hard not to get excited by a board of, like, all these cool ruined buildings where you could sequester models away in and yeah. crawl across walkways and stuff. Like, 
even if you're not inclined to play miniature war games, it's hard not to be impressed by such a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, and just the possibility of, like, danger around every corner is just, like, this really scary playground. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess I won't hold you up anymore, but thank you for coming to talk to us, and I hope you're able to play some more Mordheim with your group in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm hoping we get more events like this going. You know, that's what I'm really hoping for. I, I feel now that people are starting to realize that lots of people still like and enjoy Mordheim and see things like this going off. I think there will be more. Yeah, that's, yeah definitely and what I'm hoping for. I mean, and I feel Steve has went through pains to show that, like, if you want stuff like this, you can you can do it. Like, oh, yeah. it's not anything overly special. Like, you can right. rent out an American Legion hall and get people to play. Yeah, you just gotta good. You know, you just gotta get out there. You just gotta yeah. ask. You but know? I guess that's not to downplay all the effort that oh, they all no. went in to do this. But Especially, like, the hobby hero, Paul, with, like, 15 boards that outrageous. he made. Outrageous. What's he going to do with all of them? It's insane. 15 boards. I think they're just stacking them in Steve's garage, and it's just, it'll be surplus if this happens again, you know? He has a house. That's the perils of being a homeowner. You have <laughs> yeah. places to put those things. <laughs> yeah, my board is getting nailed to my wall because I have no shelf space or floor space. So it's going to be wall art. Well, that's, a, that's actually a good yeah. idea. Yeah, so. find some studs and yeah. just hang it. It'll yeah. be good. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So it'll have uh, a nice home. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot for talking to me. Thanks Dave. for having me. Keep on rocking in the free world. That's what I'm talking about. All right. We're back at the Mordheim New England 2023 event, and we're talking here to Cole. How you doing, Cole? I'm doing great, fellas. How you doing? Living the dream every yeah, day. It was really great. I th we finished the last last set of games, and it was just a really great event. It's these past couple of days have been like a crazy blur <laughs> from from waking up on Steve's couch with Gage's fingers in my toes, telling me to wake up, sunshine, to uh, f 14 guys just working as hard as they can, washing about a thousand buildings, and now it's getting cleaned up and. It's kind of, you know... Surreal? Surreal, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so what, what war band were you playing with? I was playing the Black Dwarves, which is uh, from the Empire in Flames. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I haven't really looked through the stuff in that. Like, I'm basically only really familiar with the basic war bands, but it's neat just even at this event seeing a whole bunch of different unique war bands, and it's kind of fun to see stuff that isn't just like mercenaries and awful vampires. <laughs> the lizard men are in Mordheim? I guess if people have been raiding Mordheim for 22 years or something, eventually they'd get there. I don't think it takes that long to get across the Great Sea, so, like, why not, you know? Yeah, right, it's and, true. And even seeing multiples of the same warband, you know, I fought a bunch of witch hunters, all different, all different, you know, flavors and styles, and everybody had their own story and style, so there was no duplicates of anything. Everything was unique in its own way, you know, meeting the people behind the warbands and why they made it, how they played it, what a cool group, you know? Well, how did how did you do? I came out swinging, and uh, the Chaos Dwarves came in hot, 
doing what they do, breathing fire, taking <laughs> names, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> uh, so uh, I took a prisoner, ransomed him back, bought a cool sword, uh, and then about 20 rats came out of nowhere and just beat him into the ground. So you Skaven? You played against Skaven? I did. So Amazing. this is actually the first time I've ever played a war game. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and even I knew coming into this that a pack of rats was going to be a problem. It's all them slings and stuff. And yeah. And they can s- actually climb? Like, no one can climb in Mordon. I, I had them surrounded, and then 18 <laughs> pebbles came out of nowhere and sent me straight to hell. <laughs> so then my jailer was sold to the pits, and then he oh, won man. his freedom and won enough gold to buy a new sorcerer. So it was a flush, Dang. but then uh, he died again. So, oh. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever played against the Skaven warband. They're tough. I've heard they're that they're they're rough, but yeah, I've never actually played against them. And this is the third Mordheim event we've been to. Yeah, but no Skaven. I thought they may have been eradicated from Mordheim, but it seems, Not seems they weren't. No, so seeing as you guys have been around before... Uh, what were you playing? Um, I was playing undead, so a vampire and a bunch of dire wolves primarily. Everything else didn't really do anything, just stumbled around. All right. I was still playing the Sisters of Sigmar, and I actually won two of my games, which was a lot more than I was expecting. The Sisters of Sigmar winning? That's hard to believe. I mean, I think they can be okay. All their models can get slings, like the Skaven. This was the first time I got a few of them, but I didn't commit to it, and maybe I needed to commit to it. But <laughs> I, the thing I'll say is almost every game I played, at least one or two people permanently died. Almost every That's game. That's rough. So that didn't go great, but it still went pretty well. How Did, did the Chaos Dwarves die at all? Did, did any of them die? We lost the sorcerer. That was the only thing oh, that we lost. Everybody rough. else managed to keep it together. Now, the last game I played was probably the most thematic. Okay. I had my uh, sorcerer who had the ability to disappear underground and travel through lava tunnels to pop up farther away. Damn. That's awesome. And I had a uh, bull centaur. So where the dwarves had short legs, he had four. So he could go. He could actually move more than like three inches yes. or something a turn. <laughs> and the last thing I had to do was break through. All I had to do was get, get- my teleporting wizard <laughs> and my four-legged horse demon across mm-hmm. the board. That's more and doable than you. <laughs> uh, the youngest kid at the event with his witch hunters mm-hmm. stopped him dead in their tracks. <laughs> and my uh, chaos sorcerer, he said, Sayonara, lava teleported off the board and the less, left the rest of the boys in the city of the damned. <laughs> I don't have time for this. I don't have time for your shenanigans. <laughs> like, so. actually, I found something else I really need to do right now. I I left the oven on back in Uzkulak. I got to go <laughs> take care of that. <laughs> that stuff happens. It's more important. And uh, what did you play? I didn't play at all. The most damned thing to do. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I would just walked around, talk to people, and I feel like if you would have, you would have probably played Witch Hunters. Though. Yeah, I would have played a Witch Hunter. Like the, the last two events, I played a Witch Hunter Warband. Um, and I never did that well, but the Texas event in November. That was uh, with the Ruin, right? Was that it? Ruin 501? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His handle, Bill, I don't know Bill, exactly. His name he's, is Bill. He's been messaging me back and forth. Super cool. Yeah, Bill Ford. Yeah, right. yeah, his event. Um, And I did poorly on my first two games, and then I just started allying up with other people who did well, and then I won those games. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I found, though? After I... I won one, I lost three, and I've never had as much fun. Yeah, you know no, what I mean. Like the, the 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 L's were W's. It was great. I've never played another game like that. It's really special. Well, and in some sense, like it is something that you can be quick to route or even just choose to route, and that I think is sort of neat in that it sort of encourages you. Like, yeah, the win doesn't matter. It's more the overall warband progression and just the funny things that happen because the game you know can be a little swingy at times bad dice rolls good dice rolls but to just sort of be in the moment with what's happening i think is the most fun aspect and just enjoy the person you're playing it with and such is just the yeah best. you can have some pretty ridiculously bad roles that result in like really funny stuff like all right you know what i'm gonna jump across this platform like i have it's a good initiative like, it's two inches you got this and it's like oh oh boy i didn't i don't got this and then my matriarch in one of the games fell off a ledge and almost died and it happens. It, yeah, so I think that particularly if you can approach it in a way that you're sort of expecting weird, dumb stuff will happen. And then when it does, it's like there, there's no reason to really get upset about it. It's just like laugh about it. This is the city of the damned. It, it was no bound to happen. Here. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Yeah. You, you win when you lose. And it's funny to say, like, oh, it's only two inches. To see all of this crazy terrain... And to get down at, you know, their eye yeah, level, yeah. You, you get down to your model's eye level, and, like, the, the immersion. You mm -hmm. know, people talk about video games being immersive. People talk about other kinds of, you know, different types of media being immersive. But, you know, every single thing here, somebody took the time to build and paint yeah, and love. Yeah. And you could feel that. And people were excited about each other. And people were, mm -hmm. you know, they were just pumping each other up. And I don't... I don't know of any other hobby or any other pastime where people are so excited to just gas each other up like that. Like how? No, cool. yeah, it, it is true, and there are just so many aspects that you can enjoy. And I think as you get into one, it just excites you to do the next. Like you maybe build some cool war band, but then you're like, oh, but you can make terrain. You don't just have to buy Games Workshop terrain. You can like learn like kind of a new craft and it's you can. It's experiment with resin. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's funny you say that. So I, I'm mostly a hobbyist in my basement. This is my first game event. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I live with my fiance, Kaylee. And so every time I finish a guy, I bring her upstairs and I say, <laughs> I did another one. And normally she's, no, that's that's pretty good. Or, you know, I'll get uh -huh. a, oh, that's good. So I know I'm getting better. <laughs> and this is my second time driving out here. And she's at home, um, has the house to herself. She just built terrain. That's, That's amazing. amazing. She, she went down and got into my paints, and she has a little cute mushroom house that looks like beautiful and cartoony uh -huh, and poppy. Cool. And I asked her if my dwarves could live in it, and she's like, well, if they're behaved, yeah, maybe they could come back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, That's after wonderful. They, after their stint in the City of the Dam, they can go to a balmy, nice mushroom house and right, they, reflect they on the, the triumphs and the defeats. and Mostly defeats, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. 
Oh, yeah, and I then mentioned with people doing different things with a hobby, like there was a lot of stuff related to music and stuff as well. Like there was um, one of the attendants here created a whole soundtrack for the oh, event. That was so cool. And like that's just really Basilisk. neat. Basilisk. Yeah. Shout out Basilisk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's just neat to see the, all these different interests and hobbies merge together and it's amazing there's so many people in one room all with such a shared interest and yeah and i think it'll just spawn more people to try to host their own events or go to other ones and i think that's just so cool and i think it's what yeah makes this hobby as cool as it is because it spans it's so many different people and it's not just like a video game which video games are cool and all but like there isn't the same, you know, human connection and sort of creative in- impact with that as in a hobby like this that can continue to grow with you year after year. And I, yeah, and I think it's neat if you're able to come to an event like this, particularly just being able to see the range at which people approach the hobby and getting a sense like you don't have to do everything the way Games Workshop shows you how to do it. You don't need to be a golden demon painter. Like, you can approach it how you want and continue to learn, and that's... Yeah, I sort of feel like, certainly when we started the hobby long, long ago, it would have been neat to kind of get more of a sense that really just do do whatever interests you, do what you want, and you can find other people who will be excited with you about it. You don't mm-hmm. just have to keep buying Space Marines. No. And uh, I think the, the unsanctionedness of this is what uh, you know, really cultivated all the talent, the excitement, yeah. um, you know, the inclusivity. You know, everybody mm-hmm. was here for a good time, and everybody looked like they had a good time. Win, yeah, loss, so. different paint styles. And uh, I think that comes without trying to fit a certain demographic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not like there wasn't anything like, oh, man, you have to buy this warband because it's the best or something. Like, the game hasn't really been supported for almost, like, 20-some years. Like, it just do what you think's fun. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and even when everybody said that the Sling Skaven list was the best list, there weren't even that many people playing it, so... You, although you did have to go up against it to some capacity, I, I so can, it did uh, exist. I can confirm it slaps. It slaps pretty hard. <laughs> um, I knew that going into it, and uh, now I I fully know going yeah. out of it. <laughs> I suppose it's also fun to think of that the environment that this whole event has created is one of people that aren't just concerned with trying to win a bunch of games and more concerned with trying to make neat models and tell cool stories in the game and not just, well, sling skavens are the best, so like, let's do that. Let's eBay as many skaven. And <laughs> well, do you plan to continue to play more time or try to play some other miniature-based games or what's, what's next? 
Well, now that I have a game down, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to continue doing that. Um, I have a good friend back in Ohio, Matt, uh, hashtag dead Matt. <laughs> um, we are kind of the gruesome twosome where we live. He's my hobby homie. We okay. get stoked on each other's paint jobs. We've tried to play, but, you know, timing's just off. Yeah. Um, so he kind of sent me on a reconnaissance mission. He said, go there, find <laughs> out, come back. Uh-huh. So I'm going to come. I knew nothing going into this weekend, and I know still relatively nothing going back, but I have a better grasp on Yeah, it. lots to explore and so, enjoy. So uh, it's going to spread. I'm going to bring it back to Ohio, and yeah, we're going to okay. play some more time. Well, and it's nice to have another sort of uh, hobby partner to sort of encourage one another and oh, absolutely. play stuff. Like I think, uh, honestly, the, for the three of us, it's always been nice to have like another brother or something that you know is still can kind of excite you like oh yeah you're doing a good job that paint job is cool or you should try to do that and it's yeah just the positive energy is pretty contagious it's contagious yeah absolutely and always somebody to play with where you didn't have to feel like well i have to go to a hobby store and maybe play against people that i'm not too excited to interact with yeah so we're in ohio uh, so I'm based out of Cuyahoga Falls, close to Akron. Okay. Uh, our rivers catch on fire. It's a pretty good, good spot. <laughs> Shout out Ohio for yeah. all four of us. Um, well, so Adam and I lived in Pittsburgh for six years about in graduate school. So we were out in Ohio to see shows and stuff in Columbus Great and Cleveland scene. and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like, I like Ohio. I have oh, nothing bad to say about Ohio. I like teasing it because everybody likes teasing it, but it's it's absolutely <laughs> home. So we're yeah. we're looking forward to getting home to our, you know, home. But uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because of how this event has impacted me, you know, I want to go to more things. I want to have more experiences like this. Like it's just so fulfilling to know that what I'm doing in my basement, all those <laughs> mineral spirits that I've inhaled, uh-huh. yeah, it's I- for something. It's for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, perhaps we've taken a bunch of your time. We can we can stop. But thanks for talking with us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And guys, great to meet you. Um, love what you do. Love what you do for the hobby and the people in it. And I look forward to more uh, wire shenanigans in the future. Yeah, Thank we'll you. try to keep it up. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Greg. We're back again to talk about Nemo 2023. It's now after the event, and I'm pleased to say with us here is Gage, or no clear coat, who helped run the event. How are you doing? I'm living, man. We're here. We're live. Yeah, it's amazing. I realized that I talked to all the other Hive Scummers at the event for the podcast, but I hadn't talked to you, so this is the chance to rectify that so yeah, how do you, you and feel I, about the whole thing like i think it went pretty well i you know man you and i got to talk a little bit off of uh off mic pretty much the whole time as uh we weren't playing but it i think it went flawless to be honest i feel like all of the the, the panic attacks all of the 11th hour crunches were worth it i mean it was one of the coolest experiences i've had in recent memory 
and I wasn't even playing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it it was it was really great. Like, it's in some sense hard to imagine that like you hadn't run like a Mordheim event in the past, like with so much terrain and tables and so many cool people coming out. Like it, yeah, it just went really well. Like I felt the space was good. There was it didn't seem super crowded and yeah it just it went so smoothly when of the 64 people didn't come or something that's why it didn't seem crowded yeah i, I think yeah we had we had six registered dropouts but i think the uh the smoothness of the event really is attributed to, to steve's genius at just his last second uh, thought processes with all of these events that we've done so far. This is <laughs> the third event that I've helped him with since since knowing him, and definitely the largest. But uh, the venue's great. He got it. I think a friend of a friend, and it the spot is cursed, as you guys saw. There's nothing <laughs> else around it. It's it's just <laughs> under a bridge. It's it's terrible, but once you get inside, it's just a nice wide open area. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice space. Yeah, I didn't even think the spot was terrible. And now this was something that I talked to. I think perhaps it was Terry and Steve about. Um, I walked to the gas station. You were joking about, <laughs> and you were good about walking to the gas station on one of the episodes of Hobscum. I don't either the first or the second episode, and. It was fun. Like, I it seemed like a pretty nice neighborhood. Like nobody had a car up on blocks taking the engine out or anything. That, no, that I mean that happened the last event. There was there was oh, just guys man. just doing an engine swap in the middle of the street and just <laughs> cars parked on on wow. uh, the middle of the road. Yeah, it was. Well, that was wasn't last time. That wasn't on display this time, as far as I saw. Um, you mentioned that you didn't. You know, you didn't uh, play in the event. If you had, like, what warband would you have used, or did you have one there that you could have maybe played? Or so we were talking a little bit before, but my my personal warband and my personal experience with with Mordheim is just a very terrible Marienburg team. But uh, <laughs> Evan, it's what Evan after the last event as a thank you wrote me like this this long handwritten letter thanking me for letting him stay at my house and sent me the most beautiful warband of, I think they're technically witch hunters, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, I, pr- I definitely, I had them with me. I just, we couldn't find the time for yeah, me to slip yeah. in. Or- so much stuff going on. That's awesome. Cause he also donated a warband that was raffled yes. off. Right. That was super cool. Like, yep. Really. Yeah, Evan is, Evan is one of a kind for sure. And he just, He's got a lot going on right now, a lot of projects that that we definitely can't talk about yet, but his his ability to just say, you know, I'm going to pause this for a second and make sure you guys have... Because I think he also sent some models to Steve just as a thank you for doing the event, and it hadn't yet happened yet. So yeah, well, he pumped out like 40 wow. models just for fun to give away. That's so, crazy. That's so productive. The, the Witch Hunter Warband he sent you, I, th- I think you have that picture on your instagram yes yeah i just started getting used to using social media again so my instagram (laughs) doesn't have much on it there are these hounds that their heads are like marbles yes like a black orb and like boy that's 
pretty striking and unsettling. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. so simple, and it's it it still creeps the hell out of you. Just the little shields that some of them have are really cool too, with sort of the Blanchian faces and such. Yep. Which also, I think Evan is just kind of stealing and adopting as his own at this point. Just it, the amount of people that were talking. Oh, it's what Evan. That's the 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 orc face guy, right? And just talking about his avatar on Instagram uh-huh. and Discord. And we're like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's cool. Um, do you have like a favorite thing from Nemo now that it's over? Like, did something really stand out? Favorite thing from the event? I would. Honestly, the dueling podcast idea was the f- the funniest thing. Uh, every oh, time yeah. <laughs> you guys had your podcast set up six feet away from ours, and we were telling people just in passing there was fake beef, and we were <laughs> <laughs> we were doing ours so that you guys couldn't do yours, and then you guys That's were recording amazing. when we weren't. I got a picture too. I got to send it to you guys later. Of uh, you guys are talking to Cole, and Terry's just wrapping up his the stuff, and I'm like. Terry couldn't get Cole on the show, so we called it quits. <laughs> that's amazing. Keep up that kayfabe. That's yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, because I feel I've had a bunch of this recording equipment for a little while. With, I mean, hell, the reason I got it was the thought to do something kind of like that at an event or whatever right. to be able to chat with people. But with you know COVID and all these things, mm-hmm. it is much easier to just have through a discord chat record stuff and it isn't quite as important but when i heard i think on your Mordheim episode like the fourth episode of hive scum that you were gonna have um some of the recording stuff there it's like i have to bring this stuff and since there's we were driving it was easier it wasn't something like what can you fit on a plane or whatever it's like yeah it's coming along and i'm glad everyone at the event was so positive and welcoming and got us a table. And I think just that just kindness and encouragement really went a long way to like, yeah, let's set it up. And then to see you all having your stuff and being able to be on that for a little bit, like was just really cool. And I think, yeah, that welcoming, um, encouraging atmosphere, it was just really nice. And that was that was the goal. I know Terry had it in mind for sure that we were just going to grab people, talk about their boards. Um, I forgot the guy. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't even really on the episode they recorded on uh, at the event because I was still trying to make stuff run smoothly. But mm-hmm. we were just grabbing people to have them talk about their stuff. Yeah, and I, I, I think that guy. it's cool because with the, all the stuff going on and like, you know, at least two of us were playing in the event. Like it would have been very easy for it to just sort of be swept under a rug and like, ah, it's too hard not to happen. And I'm really glad that in both cases it was set up and done. Like I'm excited to listen to the, like the stuff from hive scum when it comes out. Yeah. It's going to be, well, I don't know if this is part of it. It's going to be your hundredth episode now too, right? Uh, yeah, so I think, in, interestingly, I think we have, honestly, have, like, 103 episodes, but some of them we call bonus episodes for some reason, mm-hmm. so, like, I, I don't know what, what it will be numbered what or Yeah, whatnot, 100 proper but, will be, yeah. Yeah, but so, we're, it's around the 100, so 
that in itself is kind of hard to fathom that we've been recording stuff like this since what like 2016 damn greg and i were talking about that i said i think it's insane we're gonna hit five and and you guys are hitting (laughs) that i can't even imagine (laughs) i don't know what we talked about for all this (laughs) (laughs) i'm going through the backlog i've got i've got about 20 episodes down so far so i'll I'll tell you what you're talking about all right I probably wouldn't. St- you didn't start from the beginning, surely. I'm skipping around. I'm skipping around. Yeah, because yeah, some of <laughs> some say, of that there stuff. There are too started. many, too many episodes. You should just look to see, like, oh, they're talking with. Such yeah, I see a name and I click it. Yeah. I mean, I I drive four hours a day for work regularly anyway, but Ooh, so okay. Well, so yeah. I think a lot of the stuff in the beginning was us just talking about stuff and complaining about models and whatnot (laughs) and then i think we decided we could continue doing that but not everyone would want to hear it all the time so i think that was around when we started streaming on twitch and so we still do a lot of that but most of the actual recorded episodes now are a little more substantial more more substantial more interesting right right yeah well, it's easier too with Twitch, especially when people have cameras. It's it's a conversation at that point rather than a phone call. It's it's you're in person. You're mm-hmm. you're getting to see that person. Yeah. Well, so are you excited to continue to like be involved in more time, or are you wanting to like move on to the next thing? I think I think for sure. I mean. I keep saying this, but we were talking about this more time at this point is, is a term for an aesthetic as a whole. And it's not just people loving a 20 year old game. It's people loving the the community, people loving the, the kit bash side of it, people loving the yeah. game and, and everything that comes with it. So I think, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm excited for the future of it. To be honest, Mordheim is is a game that I have a love and hate with. The the to hit system is just so painful for me to grasp. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah, I feel a lot of games, workshop games, it, they can be a bit annoying. Like you just have to roll so many dice. Like you have to roll the hit, but then you just have to keep rolling additional bullshit that eventually it breaks down. Such that in a lot of cases. Most turns is a lot of nothing going back and forth until, like, luckily, like, oh, then this one, like, a crossbow bolt, like, kills the vampire. And it's like, oh, now all's lost. But, I mean, part of it is just being with good friends and laughing about it. But, yeah, it it can be a bit polarizing. I'd rather not check, check a spreadsheet when I'm playing a game, I'd rather be laughing and just saying, yeah, okay, that hit modifies true. me a little bit. Let's go. That's well, I that's would all say I want. my, I love everything about Mordheim except for the game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, or the things that I like the best about it are not the game. Not that the game is terrible. Like it has held up. Well, yeah, I mean, there's well. definitely a lot to it. The after game, the after game system cannot be beaten. And then everyone, we always joke about it. It's like, why don't we just play a game of just after games? Why don't we yeah. just sit there rolling dice on these charts? Because that's no, all the part everyone that wants. That is kind of the most fun part. And the fact that that actually persists between games and like you can right. feel a sense of progression. But I think your point there about how 
I feel even if you're not necessarily playing more time, I think it is just sort of more the ethos of being in this uh, almost like 28th grim dark area mm-hmm. where it's all about just building this community and enjoying kind of the weirder elements of games workshop stuff but also and others and not being super tied down to a particular rule system or something like that and which admittedly i feel the hive scum podcast is pretty good in that sense like it isn't super focused on any one thing it is talking about different rule systems and just stuff that you're all excited about and i think that resonates with a lot of people because i think most of us aren't like slaves to one system and like we just like to see cool new things and interesting things people are doing with that as like a jumping off point right i mean that's also kind of how it started when terry said steve and i always joked about starting a podcast and i know he said that the owner of the dice one started at some point and it sucked but (laughs) the 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 whole premise of it was just to talk about stuff we were talking about anyway. And yeah. our, our attention spans don't let us stick with one system for too long anyway. So uh, the fact that we're constantly just churning through games and, and playing stuff, it all kind of still is the same universe of this grim dark, like you were saying that, mm-hmm. and that's all we really wanted. And if we get to talk about it and make other people laugh while we're shit talking things we don't like and hyping <laughs> up the things we do like, then Hey, we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, and that that that's cool. And like for stuff like podcasts and such, like you kind of just have to do it, and like things will work, some things won't, and like you'll kind of find your feet there. Which it sounds like, yeah, the Under the Dice podcast was a good way to like try something out and then have it get reborn into right hot right. scum. So a good way to learn that if you sample hate breed music they will <laughs> cease and desist you yes <laughs> the, the robots will get you uh-huh it's true it's true greg how much of the uh the, the backlog of hate breed did you get through um so i only listened <laughs> to one hate breed album today maybe twice it was i think their first studio album um satisfaction is the death of desire okay let's listen to that okay and it was hardcore yeah was, i mean that's the thing that's what it hardcore is hardcore and like i i had fun with it yeah <laughs> like like i said to you it's it's nothing special you just have to respect it <laughs> um i always felt that they all seemed like they were taking themselves a little too seriously like I don't know, the the band Weekend Nachos, for example, they're also kind of chugging tough guyish sound and stuff, but they clearly don't take themselves that seriously. No. Even if some of the songs are serious. Right. Yeah, no, I've seen them. I've seen them twice, and the second time there were definitely some some real tough guys trying to to do tough guy stuff at the show, and even the (laughs) band stopped and were like, relax. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, good times so like talking a little bit about music here um, what did you think about the soundtrack that was created for the Mordheim event um, by Trey or like Basilisk like I thought yeah. it was pretty neat and it was a, a just another thing that made it seem like wow this, this event's really 
got things put together. Like it, it definitely added an officialness mm-hmm. to the event that none of us expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Steve getting it pressed through uh, our our friend's uh, label as well, and pretty much destroying it himself now as as under the dice one issue one, but. It, I mean, one, I'm a huge dungeon synth guy, but the soundtrack is awesome. Trey is awesome. He, uh, we were at Battle Standard the night before our local shop, and I was talking to Gabe while we were waiting for everyone to to organize 16 people getting dinner, which is always <laughs> a trip. Yeah, but right. Trey just he's in the back of the store comes over and Trey's a very soft-spoken guy, very nice guy. And he's just like, Hey, uh, are you guys going to the Mordheim thing? And we're like, yeah, I helped set it up. He's just like, Oh my God, I'm Trey. I wrote the soundtrack. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> nice to <laughs> meet you. And he, he, and that was just, that's his vibe. He's just the nicest dude. And the soundtrack is awesome. I, I made sure to get the, uh, the rare variant, the, the weird stone, uh, green. Yeah. We got both. It's like, yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I thought it was super cool and like the fact that it was playing there and then that you could get a copy of it and it was in like one of the best formats available cassette. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but it it, um, it just fits really nicely. Yes. We're we're running events um at the Dungeon Siege uh fest in uh, a couple weeks. Actually, I don't know when it is, uh, but and he's he's gonna be there but i was already talking to the guy that's running it and i'm trying to get him to set up like a secret set or like a pre-show type situation get him on it yeah just because that would be awesome he he deserves it i I was talking to him about it and he's like i just kind of wanted to do this it's nothing you know and i'm like you just came up with this just for us like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah we got to chat to them a bunch he's super super cool guy yes yeah, he he just approached us pretty quick, right when Nemo opened. I guess um, we're maybe somewhat easy to recognize in that we look somewhat similar, and I guess we had do the stream and stuff. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it was great to meet him, and I'm sure we'll see him more in the future. But yeah, yes, the soundtrack super cool. You can find it on Bandcamp, and do you know? if the other copies of like the cassette stuff, if that's going to be for sale anywhere or just at that next event there. I think the goal is when we're at dungeon siege, we're going to sell copies and then whatever doesn't get sold is going to go up. I think Trey has a a stack himself, so he might be selling it independently as well. And dungeon siege is a dungeon synth fest in Massachusetts. Do I have that right? Yes. Yep. Northeast dungeon siege. That's cool. It's yeah, they do they the event I think was twice ran twice before COVID and then during COVID it was just like a Twitch only thing. Mm-hmm. But the whole premise is is just dungeon synth uh at night and uh RPGs during the day. So, I think actually Steve's going to be running a Mordheim Chaos in the Streets event and Terry and I are both going to be running Forbidden Psalm uh okay. tables. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and it's neat just how there's all this, uh, I guess, cross pollination between different hobbies and interests and such, music, hardcore, 
RPGs and Mordheim and all that stuff. It it all lends back into the the term Mordheim at this point has ascended past the game itself. Yeah, and it just sort of fits with the do-it-yourself ethos, DIY stuff too as well. Yeah, and and like we were saying, every every one of these dudes either comes from a background of of hardcore or any DIY kind of mindset where if you want it, you're doing it. And mm-hmm. yeah, all comes together. Be the change you want to see. Yep. As Matt would say, Nazi punks fuck off, right? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, always. Well, thanks for talking with us about the Nemo 2023 event, Gage. It's been wonderful. Yeah, I'm stoked I got to sneak in. Yeah, Yeah, no. Hopefully we can have you on the podcast again sometime. Like, And yeah, I'm sure this is not going to be the last time. I hope so. Next event. Yeah, that's right. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dragged into Turbo Lasers. If you have any questions or suggestions, don't hesitate to contact us through Instagram or leave a comment on our YouTube channel or on our blog, BetweenTheBolterAndMe.com. We also stream on Twitch every week and would love to hear from you there as well. If you'd like to support us, please feel free to leave a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts or subscribe to our channel on YouTube and Twitch.